and I was listening to in the car. And then she had the, you make me want to laugh in the kitchen on the floor. And she did this really high thing, and it was, like, super high. And I was like, why is she singing up there when it's really, her voice was straining so bad. She's like, I'm like an alley cat. Drink the milk up, I want more. You make me wanna, you make me wanna scream. Oh my god, I really love that song. Actually, back in the day, I was like, you make me wanna But I thought she strained her voice too, and I was just like, oh, she's not the singer of the family. (laughs) I felt bad for her. I really did because she was trying and it wasn't working. And I was like, go back to Jessica. Like, let her sing, and you can just do whatever else. But she was like the rocker chick. So it's almost like you don't really, she, her voice wasn't bad, but she strained that mess. And then, you know, the whole thing on Saturday Night Live. Oh. That was so embarrassing. Where everyone was like, you lip sync. You suck. And I was like, it's like lots of people lip it. sync. But she, she just no, didn't do it. No, they all well. do it. Yeah. But it's just, so she got caught up in it. And I felt so bad for her because I was like, they all do that. They all have a track playing. They're not all singing right live. It's because they don't want to sound terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Especially dancing. That, like, Mm -hmm. reminds me of, like, my mom laughs at me about this, but, like, Jason Derulo. Mm. I'm just like, Jason Derulo. You need to sing or dance. dance. Not both. And preferably dancer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's very good dancing. He is a good dancer. He He sings well, too, but he needs to, like, sing only. He can do both, but I haven't seen him live, so. I haven't either, but he needs to do <laughs> Why, was it bad that one time? I don't know what I was watching, but I saw him doing a performance, and I guess he was trying to actually sing. I'm like, dude, you cannot dance that hard and sing at the same time. Yeah, be- it would be different. <laughs> it would be difficult. I don't Breath know how sounds. they do it. We don't want you mouth breathing into the mic, dude. Exactly. I don't know how they do it, because I'm just like, I just be trying to move a little bit too much in the house, and I'm like, I cannot <laughs> sing. Mm-mm. I'm like, don't be doing too much while you're trying to sing, but just stay still. At church and stuff, I'll be like, let me just stay still. Because sometimes I'll be like wanting to dance with everybody. And then I'm like, nah, I got to sing this chorus. <laughs> mm. Are we live? Are we live? Are we doing it live? We are. We are, girl. Doing it and doing it and, and doing, doing it. Wow. Doing it and doing it and doing it. Wow. It's a nasty song, actually. I think about it. <laughs> no, I don't hey. know if I've ever listened to all of it, but yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, but you just look what they're saying. <laughs> doing it and doing it. Wow. <laughs> Hey everybody, what's up? <laughs> it's Blur Girls here. Yep, it's Triple F Queen Bola. No tagline Whitney. And we are Blur Talk with Bola and Whitney. Oh yeah. Oh right. The only podcast where you're pretty much guaranteed a song every time. Every time. <laughs> all day. I um, want it all. Oh, I was about to go oh. with the <laughs> all night long. All okay. night. <laughs> we weren't in sleep there. <laughs> We were in Instagram, and of course, you caught us in the middle of talking, as we usually are in media's rest. You know, <laughs> oh, I love how you broke out the literary term. There. Yes, you know we do it. We do, do blurred power All activate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, how y'all been? It's been a while. It's been a minute. So much stuff is going on, and it's happening in the world today. Oh man, Lord, girl, it's a lot. Like, yeah, well, hopefully, because even I, I, I swear to you, not even my Sunday school kids were talking about this. I asked them for prayer requests, and they're like, one of them raised a hand. He's like, "Can we pray that there's not World War Three in Russia with the Ukrainian people?" And then she's only like ten, and she was like, "I feel fine." She's like, "I feel mixed feelings about the Ukrainian people because one time they're racist as well towards black people, but others." I I don't want them to be hurt. And it was so cute. But I was like, I feel you. Cause she's black and she knows what's going on over there and how mm. they've been treating the black Im- and Indian immigrants that are, that are in their country. Mm. They have been like denying them access into Poland 
and everything. And they're like, some of them have been asked to fight. And they're like, um, I'm from another country. You can't let me escape with your people, but you want me to stay here and fight? Oh, no. So I was like surprised, but how, but the kids see all this stuff. Mm-hmm. She's only 10, but she was very astute in what she was saying. And she asked us to pray for that whole situation. That's and she felt conflicted too. I was surprised that she, I was like, these kids are like growing, man. They know some stuff. Yeah, like you younger know? and they like, they get, they get smarter, younger. And yeah. Younger. Yeah. They know so much stuff. And I was like, wow, at 10, did I even know any wars that was going on? <laughs> like, I don't that, think so. I tell you, man, it's oh, crazy. Man, but you look at just, like you're, the, these little kids and you're like, where did you even like get this from? Mm-hmm. Like wow, the amount of like sponginess that they have in yeah, their brains. I remember is, like, my nieces amazing. also telling me they're like, they know about their like, oh, no, worry oh yeah she likes girls i know i understand all that and i was like oh <laughs> okay i was like did i even know what a lesbian was at 10 years old i watched a lot of hbo when i was young <laughs> i thought like, you knew but because we had it and it's like nobody put even if i controls. saw it i didn't understand i was not even if i saw it because sometimes you know you leave it on those channels when you get the free days and then you wake up if you fall asleep and then you wake up and there's just like sex on the tv you're just like oh my god <laughs> That happened to me once. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was watching a movie and I fell asleep on the couch and my mom had gone to work and I was like, oh, it's late in the night. And I woke up like three in the morning and the TV's still on and it's just, you know, porn on HBO at the end of the night. I don't think I've ever had that happen. I've been like up That's late enough to, to get to the porn part of That's the night. happened to me so many but times. I never Not like so many. fell asleep and woke up to the porn. Oh my God. That's happened to me I a couple times. I have fallen asleep to like sci-fi channel. Back when you I had cable, no, but I woke up and it was like the like horror series, like the, oh, the ghost story, oh, not God. ghost story, but like, you know, the oh, ghost hunters scary. and it like, I guess it got into my subconscious. Cause then it was just like, I had like these weird dreams. I know stuff. it enters your dream sometimes. Yeah. I yeah. remember I had like a sexy, a sex dream too. <laughs> and it was because when I woke up, there was porn on the TV and I was like, oh my God. So you do have to be careful about falling asleep near it the is. TV. And then I had a time where I was playing like um, Super Mario. It was one of the Super Mario games. Probably Super Mario RPG because I don't really, I'm not as into like the actual Mario like platformers. I'm more of a Crash Bandicoot person. Okay. But I fell asleep playing Super Mario RPG and I woke up the next morning and for the rest of that day, all I heard, do 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 Oh my God. You got it stuck in your head. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I loved Mario, but I wasn't very good at games. I mean, I was I like much for playing theme. it, but I love the Mario music. And the I love the when it was like in the dungeon, he plays like. Oh yeah! Yes, that thing was awesome. I used to love that thing. Then when you get killed. You know me so well. Yes, the music always. I was just telling somebody I have very good ears. No, I was telling you yesterday. Hmm. I have very good ears. So God, you know, he didn't let me be sight. My sight's not the best. (laughs) So other things have to be enhanced. So my ears are very good. And, you know, I'm very musical and stuff. So I catch sounds, everything, ease vocals, tone, all that stuff, like, impacts me more. And I get it. And I I, I don't know why, like... I could like fall for a person because of their voice. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, I got you. I got so sound. Oh my god, Mohinder Suresh it. from Heroes. Oh, oh my god! Oh yes. my god! Yes, yes. I loved him when he was in um, 
what's that one? It, Never Have I Ever? Oh, yes, yeah. It's the dad. Yeah. Yes. Yes, 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 Love yes. his voice. Anyway, but yeah, y'all, we just be talking. We just going into, and then this is a new month. So happy March to everyone. And happy it's also Women's History women's Month. Women's History Month. Hey, yay, yay to the tacos. Sorry, you guys, we don't really have the any badge. content that's, <laughs> you know, episodes specifically geared towards Women's History Month. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, happy Women's History Month anyway. Happy Vag Day, y'all. <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't know if we have that <laughs> for real. Remember when we did that uh, in college? Yeah, the appreciation, the penis appreciation, appreciation day. <laughs> Ch- uh, no, Chesney went around. Have you appreciated, appreciated your, your penis? penis? So, like, she was like, it was so hilarious, <laughs> y'all. Those were pranks you did in college. Like, uh, please let us know if you have some really awesome ones that you guys did because we did a lot. <laughs> we had like a whole prank war that year. It was the best, funniest oh my thing God. ever. When you um, when you hung uh, Chesney's like yeah, ugly with, doll with some... in front of the <laughs> I did. elevator, I put like some fake like... blood. Like I drew like I like used a red marker on on notebook paper and like put it on and I put it like right in front of the elevator so anyone stopping on our floor would just open up and see here lies ugly doll hung first i had this whole thing i had like a whole like slab you know how you had back in the day when they were um crucified or hung they had like a slab to talk about what was bad about that person you know oh, i didn't I know there's a word for it they had it. yeah so they had like a freaking gallery yeah it <laughs> like, was like a thing for some like, of them wow. they had like a thing talking about like the, well for jesus they had one they called him the king of the jews or whatever but for other people they also had those slabs where they were like if you're hung or you're bad or something it was like to show how bad you were. Every time you say y'all. if they're hung, I just think of the <laughs> other. I, I, go, I go the opposite way. Wow. <laughs> anyway, I hung up her her ugly doll in the, in the like in front of the lobby area in our floor, and it was just hilarious. She was mad, but it was good. <laughs> it I had to get good. her back. It was good. She like put you completely under toilet paper that one time. Remember? She did. <laughs> well, I kind of helped with that. You didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I did help with that. I love you, Whitney. <laughs> and then they knew our floor, our they knew our side of the floor. People would always come. So she was always drawing penises on our dry erase board <laughs> and like all these random things and sticking condoms on. And then the RA would always be pissed. She's like, you guys have to stop because the tourists come on our floor. <laughs> we hated that too. Because you're trying to get up and go take a shower, you know? Yeah. And they would just roll up and they're like, oh my God, I'm trying to get to my room. And like, the hall is full of people, and they're just staring at you. <laughs> so annoying. Anyway, well, what you learned out about Whitney today? Oh, goodness. Uh, I think I'm going to go with a couple things. Okay. So this is probably, I don't know, you might be learning out about this as well, but the book bar. Yes. Okay, this R&D. is going to be a joint blurt out. Yeah. Can we do that? Yeah. We, we yes, because that was, that was amazing. That's, that's going to be had, We out. had ourselves a blurred outing yesterday. Blurred guys, outing. Which you guys will get to get to see eventually. You'll get to see the um, the um, Ruthie Carter stuff as well as the blurred, well, this well the Ruthie Carter was also a blurred outing. Mm-hmm. And the book bar blurred outing. So we'll put it together. We didn't want to have just one thing on the to YouTube. post, y'all. Yeah, we wanted to have y'all a few. Y'all gonna see it, though. Y'all gonna see it. Y'all okay. gonna see it, y'all. And, and we thought it was pretty clever because, mm-hmm. you know, we blurred out. So these are blurred out. Outings. Yeah. Hey, look at us getting <laughs> out cool. <laughs> We're a play on words. Yes, but yes. this place is seriously amazing. Yes, it's just, it's necessary. It's like a necessary safe space. You can go and if you're a person of color wanting to see, honestly, if you're black, you want to see some books different topics different um genres and i mean from different places mm-hmm. 
like it's not just U.S. writers. It's African writers. It's U.K. writers. It's, mm. But they're all black or from African or from the diaspora, and it's a great place to see what they're writing about. And mm. they're writing about us. We're the main feature. We're the main story, like tellers and story seers. And mm-hmm. I just was like, the space was so neat. I didn't even realize it was needed until she did it. You know, it is because like when we were talking to her, I was like, thank you for doing this because mm-hmm. like. You can find, um, you know, books by black authors, but a lot of times there'll be like dramas and stuff. And I'm not really into dramas as a genre. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I'm fantasy sci-fi. Yep. And it was, I found it hard to find like really good, like yeah. fantasy sci-fi books, yeah. like it's with hard. a black yeah. protagonist or by a black author. And they had a whole section. I was like, oh, there's so many And to it look was at. beautiful. Oh my God, you guys, the like covers. The the book of these art. books are just beautiful. It's like a freaking gallery. Mm-hmm. You can just go in there as if it was like a gallery because it's just so beautiful. Yes, and then I like how she had it set up, not like a normal, regular book um, bookstore where everything's like just by the spine. Mm. She had the face of the books showing on every every bookshelf so that you could see it physically. And like, so my eye was being drawn so many places because I was like, oh, and look I at that cover. Oh, look thing. at that cover. That drew oh me as God. well. It was like a feast for the eyes. And I love yes. it. That's the thing that gets me like, it's it's like the title and it's the cover. And mm-hmm. it's like, man, these like, they have like, these authors had some bomb book titles yes. and covers. I'm like. And then I read the then I, I read the synopsis. Because I appreciate things like this. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, you get me with the, you for me, I usually am gotten by the title first. Because, you know, unlike the book bar, most places have the spines yeah. out. So, yeah. like, it's yeah. first the title. And then you pull it on. Like, oh. You rarely have the cover shown because it's like, and then you'll miss stuff because it's all like hidden in there and mm. it's like unless you're looking for it because i go to barnes and noble all the time mm. just for fun just to sit or just to get I know, whatever i do love bookstores i'm, just like, I'm such a nerd i love a book like bookstores and cafes are like my favorite places mm. if i were to talk about my favorite place, it'd be like i love a good bookstore or sometimes a library but i love a bookstore mm. And it's a bookstore cafe. Ooh, <laughs> the same way I can get a, book a slice bar, of pie. Girl. Well, this is a book bar, but if I can get a slice of pie and read my books, hey. <laughs> but this was the book bar. You're right. She has snacks and stuff too, and drinks available. So, mm. Okay, we did not partake of the drinks because it was too early. <laughs> but um, the book bar was just a nice space, and it was the first own black owned bookstore in Richmond. So there's never been one, and this is a, it was news to me, and I was like, wow, I didn't realize that. So I commend her for even being the first one to open one up for us, you know, and it's only one of four in all in the whole state of Virginia, which is what was reported by the news. And that's like, yeah, it's it's pretty mind blowing. But at the same time, I can understand it because I feel like there probably aren't many people opening bookstores, period, Mm. just because like the big the big stores are pretty much all that's really kind of left. And then most people are not even around anymore. Oh, wow. It's just like Barnes and Noble now. I thought there was Maybe a book Second a million still in uh, still out there near Westchester. Is there? Okay, I thought that was closed down. Or okay, maybe it is. I mean, I haven't been out we'll there a lot that we'll, way. In we'll a look while. at it later. But anyway, like I feel like it's just kind of more difficult to be like a brick and mortar, yeah, store right now, especially with people doing more reading. I love, I love eBooks for the fact that. I just love reading so much, so I like having so many books mm-hmm. and like to be able to take with me. And I don't usually buy um, physical books other than from kind of almost like a collector mm. type of standpoint, almost like a collector slash art appreciation. Like if it's mm. got real colors, like I'm still like I collect 
or am in process of collecting the Chronicles of Narnia, but it's a specific edition. Yeah. I am collecting the Leo and Diane Dillon covers. And I've got like one or two more because I've got the entire collection, but they're not all the Leo and Diane Dillon mm. ones. So I've got like. And it's the cool when you can find the art, the art, the book. I love book art. I, just, mm, I, I know. One of my favorite things. I just used to love just looking at the pictures, the drawings and everything. And then I wanted to know that story, mm-hmm. you know, and. So part of like going there at bookstore t- um at book bar uh when we went it was like I want to get into some of these. I got to see them, I got to touch them. Mm. I was like some of them I was like, "Oh my god." I remember I bought a book cuz I really wanted to support my Nigerian authors mm-hmm. um and it was like a drama book, but I loved that it had the actual Ankara print in as the background of the picture. Oh yeah, it was and really it pretty. was like a girl, it was about a Nigerian girl of course, and she was on the front, but the background was an actual print that you can buy that cloth that cloth. You know, and I was like this is cool and I wanted to know the story. And then she um Whitney, mm-hmm. Whitney bought a book that had this cool African like it's a warrior, warrior fantasy story and I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, this and story like, sounds this so looks interesting." Like it's so for me. And like on the back wanna, when they were I saying read like your book they too. were like <laughs> If you like Mulan and what are, what, I forget what the other stuff they were like, then you'll love this book. And I'm like, this is for me. me yeah, I know, right? I was like, I'm going to have to borrow it once Whitney finishes. Because <laughs> I have two other books I want to read. Which brings me to another thing. Like, I really appreciate her curation. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was like, oh my God, so many things. I was like, oh, this looks good. Oh, this yeah. looks good. Yeah. Oh, and you find good. out in, with me in the clip that I asked her, it's like, how do you get these books? And I just was impressed. She's like, she gets them right from the publishers. Mm-hmm. So I was like, she must just call them and talk to them. I wish I could have asked her more about that. I just didn't want to take up too much of her time. Mm. But I just thought it was so interesting that she just, she just makes sure she grabs those. Mm-hmm. Like she makes sure she grabs our books. She said she was a fantasy sci-fi just like mm-hmm. you. And she was like, yeah, we grew up not seeing ourselves. We mm-hmm. grew up not seeing the books we want to read and, and books about us. Mm-hmm. Remember I told, I, I think I said this on the pod before and how I used to always think about my stories and things I wanted to write. Mm-hmm. But I always wanted fan. I always thought about fantasy adventures, mm-hmm. but I never thought to. There was always in white people. Mm-hmm. Like I always imagined the characters were white, and then mm-hmm. for a while I wrote characters that were white, mm-hmm. and I didn't. It didn't occur to me that I was like, why am I only thinking of white authors? And I remember I was like, I don't see myself in any of this. I remember that, and I was like, I'm gonna change that. And I remember thinking. I got to include some people of color and different people in this stuff. And this is why representation matters. Yeah. And it, it was like, I'm thinking about it now, but when I was back then, I didn't think about that, mm-hmm. that being the reason that, oh, I only think fantasy in white, you know, and mm-hmm. white people, that's it. But it was like, it's like a mind fuck almost. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, damn, I didn't realize how messed up. I was just only <laughs> thinking in white for my story. And I was like, nah, man, change this, you know? <laughs> so it's Real just an important thing. And the rest will follow. Be colorblind. Don't be so shallow. (laughs) But yes, so we just have to give it up and blurt out about the book bar. Yes. If you're a local person at RVA, go down to the Shaco Slip on East Main Street, and we're just shouting out and just want to support her. I don't think that's quite Shaco Slip yet. Oh, right before Shaco Slip, you're right. It's not quite the slip, but it's like near the Shaco Slip. It's kind of like the business district, you guys. Actually, yeah, you're right, because it's right close to your job. Mm -hmm. It's more so the business district, but you'll be soon in Shaco Bottom. Yeah, it's kind of almost like the cusp. Mm -hmm. But you guys go out there and support it, especially if you're a Richmond local rva local please go and black <laughs> let us support ourselves we really in this yes. time we need to support and lift up and people each other. who love reading like 
different perspectives like mm-hmm. you don't have to be black to appreciate it you know yeah. I mean? we see these from things like black panther crazy yes. rich asians you don't like to, you, you don't, don't have, have to be black but you should if you are black you should go <laughs> support but it if you're not black really please enjoy too well done you guys it's it like is. beautiful and the art on the walls i was in awe oh, of yes, she just the had this art like, like our favorite beautiful. thing me and whitney's favorite thing was probably the wall of like vinyl covers of all these black artists from the past like oh I mean, some of them well. are still I mean, alive still active but they're like all the all the albums are from the past yeah like yeah, michael yeah. jackson when With he was the exception black of the one drake album that was oh there. yeah there was one drake album on there. it was but the drake album to me was kind of like an anomaly it was like one of these things is not like the other exactly yeah. why is drake <laughs> down here with there was like three al greens some Isley Brothers and Anita Baker and <laughs> Sade, and then you're like, Drake, okay. <laughs> if it was, basically it was like the '80s down, like or some of the '90s. No, the '80s down. All of the albums were like from the '80s and down, but except for that Drake album, you know. And so I was just like, that was a. But cool maybe thing. that's why it was at the very, very bottom. <laughs> I know, like halfway covered up. <laughs> anyway, but I'm not blurting out about anything else. I really wanted to focus on the book bar because it was yeah, just amazing and i love my it. number one thing but oh, i also soul oh. taco Unless, oh. that's my other blurred out <laughs> like whitney i just have to if you're also in rva the mm. foods you guys you need to go to soul taco oh maybe i need to go there anyway <laughs> y'all need to go because soul taco it was just beautiful like it touch is my soul really well designed too will they hate me if they see me two in a row two days in a row with me no they love like, you it's a business because i'm about to roll up again and be like hi y'all saw me yesterday <laughs> can i get three more tacos they my sister was you. like they where's mine love you it was so good y'all like yeah you should take mm. your sister one i should she'd be mad I'll think about you can it. go during like I don't know when I forgot what the exact time of happy hour is, but you could like go get make get there. Get some more tacos. Oh my god, guys, it's so good. I'm gonna have to like get a picture and show y'all, or I have some video. I'm gonna post it on lovely, our, our, our. I did Instagram. take a taste of uh, Bola's. Um, what was it? Mojito. Margarita. Margarita. Mm-hmm. Margarita with, with tahini tahin instead mm-hmm. of salt. Spicy spice. <laughs> it was nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I'm done blurting out. <laughs> okay. My my only other thing I'm going to blurt out about is Peacemaker, which I've started Ooh, watching. What's it, that? So it's a spinoff series from The Suicide Squad. So not the oh, first yeah, one. Oh, yeah, I think so we not, talked about this already. So not Suicide Squad, but The Suicide Squad, mm. the one that um, James Gunn did. James mm. Gunn, who did Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume mm. 1 and 2. So he did The Suicide Squad, which is hilarious. Mm. And then they did a spinoff with one of the characters called Peacemaker. And it is hilarious. I think I read like an article something calling him a himbo. What is a himbo? You know how like a bimbo? Oh, but like wow. the guy version. <laughs> That's <laughs> hilarious. But I'm about three episodes in, maybe four. It, it's just, it's funny. Okay. That's good. So The Peacemaker is a good funny show. It, it's funny. It's action. It, it's, it's an HBO Max show. So I saw some parts I didn't expect that I was going to see. But... Got some naked folks. <laughs> Got some naked folks. Yep, there was like a thing. There was like a random. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, let's move on. Oh, shout out to before we move on to the actual topic for the day. Shout out to Mariah is a young lady we met at the book bar, and she was just so nice and talked to us, and like we got to vibe and like 
talk about different books and mm-hmm. share our opinions. And she even like recommended some things. And I just thought she was really cool. So Mariah, if you're listening, cool. we would love for you to come on the show and talk with us one day. Cause we also talked about movies and stuff too. Yeah. So she was very cool. And I just want to shout her out. Yeah. Shout out <laughs> to you, Mariah. You were awesome. All right. And so speaking of books today, we are talking about adaptation in the form of, Musical musicals. adaptation. I, don't know I mean, if that most was of the time, exactly book, the, okay, fine, fine. It was a bad one. <laughs> well, it's because books are always adapted. So I was thinking about how they're always adapted to film. Mm. Plays are always adapted to film as well. And in this case, musicals are being adapted into film. Mm. So, well, I guess it wasn't a great set. It wasn't. Let's let's just cut <laughs> it. Let's cut it. <clears throat> All right. So today we're going to talk about adaptation through the lens of musicals being turned into films Hmm. right yeah all right so we're gonna do our case study today on two films uh one was dear evan hansen which is on apple no dear evan hansen is not any you gotta pay you gotta pay to rent it okay so you do have to pay to rent it um and i I think i know why but um also the other one we're gonna talk about is tick tick boom which is streaming on netflix Mm -hmm. all right so both of those are musicals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are musical gals. We love musicals. We love them. I love a good musical. Oh, my it's God. part of the reason why when Bola introduced me to Bollywood, I fell in love with it so much. Oh, my God. Because it's like, it's a big musical. It like is. It's like super awesome. And I'm, I honestly, I'm mad that more of their films have less music now in the future. But um, not in the future, like right now, presently, they have, like, they do less music. Mm, and I'm like, but I love those sad. songs. Yeah. Because it's like they just go to a fantasy escapist thing and just like, I just, just love it. Just sweet, sweet fantasy, baby. Hey. Eyes, you come entertain me. Yes. <laughs> but um, we still love the Bollywood. But musicals have been like. Uh, in heaven. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my wait. Where are we going with this? With my boyfriend, oh. my laughing boyfriend. <laughs> Sorry, I just I, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> she be going on her own sometimes, y'all. Where I can't follow. It was still from fantasy. I know. I like that song. I do. I really do. That's the part I like the most. The part with my boyfriend. I love that part. Anyway, <laughs> but musicals have been actually like you look at it. They're so old. Like the format of musicals. Mm. They're so old. They go way back to theater and a traditional uh, way of doing things. And it's like, it's always like a song in the theater together. So I don't know why people, more people don't like them because they're like, they're like the oldest form of storytelling songs, really. Oh but, yeah. Bards would mm-hmm, sing the tales. Mm-hmm, sing, exactly. Like Gabrielle from Zeta. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but musicals, are, everyone knows you think about it now. You think about all the Broadway, you think about the bizarre, the flash, the jazz hands and all this other stuff. All that jazz. Yeah. But I love it. I love it all. It's so great. And, um, today we're going to talk about those two. And so which one are we going to get into first, Whitney? Which one do you want to do first? Uh, let's do Tick, Tick, Boom, because okay. I have way more things to say about Evan Hansen. Okay. Yeah. So, Tick, Tick, Boom is, um, it was made by Lin-Manuel Miranda, and as you know, he's just... On fire. He's on fire when it comes to the music and the musicals. Although the music he didn't write for this one. This one was originally written by Jonathan Larson, and who it's kind famously of like a... wrote Rent. Yes. And died before it got to be premiered. It was <sighs> yeah. such a tragedy, like super tragic mm-hmm. his life story in fact this one is like 
It was so. It was like self, like autobiographical, right? Yeah, it was pretty. It it was autobiographical, and it was also very Inceptiony. Yeah, because there us. was a musical inside of a musical inside, inside of, of a musical, musical right? <laughs> right? It was like three the, levels. Because the movie Tick Tick Boom is like it's about him writing this um the musical uh superbia, superbia yeah but then after superbia it's like another it's, it's about him writing tick tick boom is like about him writing superbia mm-hmm. yeah. so it's like inception it's like three yeah, layers yeah deep. yeah so in even in in tick tick boom there's the music of superbia you know it's so it's like tick tick boom music superbia music and then we're watching the whole thing so yeah i could i totally get that it's very inceptioning the three levels um but what's your first impression of that one whitney oh man i loved it it was very good it remind. i mean i could see his style jonathan mm-hmm. larson's style in it even down to like the ending like the ending of tick tick boom mm. it put me very much in mind of kind of the ending of rent because mm. you know how they ended on the the um well, the photo the of angel period. it's like the same time period, angel turning really. around in front of the camera which broke me like mm-hmm. i was shattered yeah. emotionally when yeah. rent ended. and like this was like kind of the same because like the final the final song louder than words ends with like action speak louder than and it doesn't do the last word which mm. is words but um and then it transitions into Happy Birthday, mm. the, the song Happy Birthday, Happy Birthday to you. And it shows John, Jonathan Larson, like being told by his friend to make a wish in front of his birthday cake with like this old school kind of camera look. Mm-hmm. And he takes a breath and the movie ends before yeah. he actually blows it out. And I love that kind of like held anticipation, like yeah. when movies kind of end like that. It's and very inception it's a very weird, I, I know this is a weird parallel to draw, but it also kind of reminded me of Revolutionary Girl Utena's ending. <laughs> You're back to Utena <laughs> I again. Am, because it's such, it's, Revolutionary Girl Utena's ending is like one of the best endings that I've seen in like a series, like where it, like instead of you hearing what the words are, it just puts like the episode title up there mm. that you usually see at the beginning, but you didn't in this one, you saw it at the end. And this one, it's like, La- actions speak louder than and you don't see it you just go to the happy birthday and then you see him take the breath to blow out the candles but you never see him blow it out and i like that kind of held anticipation yeah, yeah it's like a release like you release you don't it yeah you don't, get, you, you don't see it but the character like, doesn't release he doesn't release you, but you are, are kind of you're yeah, kind of getting that release interesting mm-hmm. it's I, I don't know i just find it really a, i love it it really i found it really effective i as a viewer love that mm. okay so I, I thought this was very good. It was very, very good. Um, there were parts where I thought it was dragging a bit or lacking a bit. Really? Which parts? Um, I believe some of the parts... Um, well, it was like certain songs I really focused in on. And I felt like it was propelling the story. But it was kind of like... There was this weird thing going on where it's like his subconscious. And then it was like the... Is it his subconscious? No. It's more so like it was... You saw him the play part and then you saw like Jonathan Larson doing the stage plays with these other people mm-hmm. and then it was like are these people part of his life or are we just are we taking an aside to focus on this little part and that, that part I wasn't sure what was like going on at the times I was like okay so we're in his life and then we're back on the stage and then it's like I Some of the parts it. were separate. I got it because I, I it was it was the whole inception thing it's like yeah it's, and I wasn't thinking about that then. tick tick boom the 
stage play while watching yeah, him compose used to do the superior thing. Tick, tick, boom. So it, it really is autobiographical. And it was in the time of all the AIDS epidemic in New York. And mm-hmm. so you saw it's very much planted in the in the time period. And I thought Lin-Manuel did a very good job of like with all of the sets and the direction, mm-hmm. the props, everything, the time, the clothes, everything looked like it was back in the 90s. And I do want to like in talk 80, about... Early, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. I do want to talk about the fact that this was filmed as a movie, mm. but then it had like, because of the Inception thing, you did see like the stage, stage thing. So part, there yeah. was that. But then there was one part where it was like, instead of it being like a movie, it was a very kind of surreal type of this is like a place yeah that was another thing that i was like so it was like to me with this adaptation i would call it because it wasn't a stage play at first Mm -hmm. and it was like a reimagining and i know lin-manuel was like so influenced by um jonathan larson after watching rent it was like that's what made him want to be uh in theater and everything and he Mm -hmm. grew up going to broadway because you know he's from new york um and so i understood this was like a labor of love a passion project Mm -hmm. which i'm all for um, but then there was those parts where I'm looking at adaptation and I'm just like, yeah, I was like, is this the film or is this the play? Like, you know, with our other movie, it was just like purely you're watching musical, but it's like, it's just a film, mm-hmm. you know, the surreal parts weren't in there. And he did this a little bit with In the Heights, but I got it more in with In the Heights than I did with Jonathan with the Tick, Tick, Boom. I just watched it, but I was kind of, it was jarring at times to me. I didn't find it jarring. I found it. I really loved that part. That was like one of my favorite scenes. Oh, I liked the, the scene. scene. I just was like, it just took me out of the story almost. Some, just sometimes. I don't know why. For it me, for me, it didn't take me out of the story. I just found it like kind of a surreal thing. It, it for me, it was almost like, <laughs> uh, what's her name? Why can't I think of her name? Lion King, the um, stage Lion King. Oh, I don't know her name. Julie. I didn't watch the stage version. You've never seen Lion King on the stage? Oh, my God. Nope, nope, nope. Oh, man. Okay, Let me not mess up the Zulu. I'm sorry. I think it's Zulu or Xhosa. Is it Xhosa? I have no idea. Click language. Julie Taymor. Oh, yeah. She's the creative mind behind the stage adaptation of Lion King. Mm. And the oh, yeah, I knew why that. So I thought you meant an actual performer. Uh, That's no, why no, I was no. like, I don't know who sings. But what I was getting to is that it reminded me like of a, Across the Universe. Across oh, the yeah. Universe was I very surreal. I love that, too. I, did. I love that. But the diner scene reminded me of like kind of one of the Across the Universe sequences where mm. it kind of like does this surrealist thing that kind of takes you out of the um, groundedness mm-hmm. of the movie and into this kind of surreal it was a great scene yeah. i'm not gonna lie it was a beautiful scene and it's so and cool it had all these awesome s- different broadway legends yeah so like a lot some of the ladies like, from the skylar sisters from hamilton were yes, in there yes i was so excited i one did of the like guys a from little Rent. fangirl squeal when yeah, i saw the skylar bernadette peters and some yes. other ones too i wish i could like, and it was because of seeing the skylar sisters and bernadette peters that i knew it was probably like a lot of famous um broadway people because I some think of they them wanted to honor john larson on uh, jonathan larson's memory too like mm-hmm. they all wanted to take part in that yeah because i mean oh felicia rashad was in there as well yeah, she was but like uh, there were some people i knew and some, some i didn't, I didn't. Mm-hmm. so but i knew that i figured that the people i didn't were probably just well known broadway and i'm just not familiar enough with them to know but it was just really cool because you could tell that this was like a lot of like 
cameo scenes. Mm. This was like, you know, fan service almost. What I liked most was um the I'm not gonna like the performances. The the performances to me were like way better than even the story. Mm. So I had to give it to Andrew Garfield who played Jonathan Larson mm. in this. You saw, like, you were really, like, rooting for him. You saw him struggling with, he was so, well, Andrew Garfield was just so good at um, conveying emotion and emoting and just giving you, like, making you cry. Like, you want to just hug him and be like, it's going to be okay, you know? <laughs> but because he takes you there with him and you're just watching him and I'm just, like, in awe of him. Mm-hmm. And he thought, and I remember him saying in an interview with Stephen Colbert that he couldn't sing. And I was like, you liar. You liar. Because you sing really well. He sang really well. so well because he did all the um, like that song with him and Vanessa Hudgens. Uh, that song in the middle, it was so great. I was like, oh my god! Which one in the middle? What, the what one that was just the two of them, and it was really about Susan, his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But it was like they were breaking up. You could oh. see, and it was like one was the girl's take, one was the guy's take. Mm-hmm. But Jen, um, Vanessa Hudgens was singing the girl's the parts, mm-hmm. and he was singing his part. And they were on stage, and then it kept cutting between mm-hmm. real life and the stage. Ooh, was it Come to Your Senses? I, is that it? Because, like, I, that, I also had a note about Come to Your Senses. Because that was the one he kept struggling to write the song mm-hmm. for the character. And I know it's the part where they were breaking out. I don't remember the song, but it was, like, really, like, a the song had so much movement. It was bouncing around. I remember I just, I loved that particular part that it was cross-cutting back and forth between both mm. of them on stage and then in his real life. Mm. And it was a sad moment because it's like you could definitely see him and Susan were dissolving, you know? Mm. Um, and I don't know if that's about one of his, his girlfriends or his wife or whoever in Jonathan's personal life, mm-hmm. but I just thought the performances were so great. Vanessa Hutchins, even the people that played side characters, like his best friend, I, the acting was, and the singing was all very good. And the girl who was on, who played Susan from, if you guys watched the new class of X-Men, she mm-hmm. played Storm. I just was like, I did not know she could sing. So I was, she was an was amazing very, singer because yes. when they were doing the like song between um, Vanessa Hudgens and herself, and I can't remember which I think that song. one's the Come to Your Senses song. Okay. That's the Maybe. Come to Your Senses song. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. But anyway, I thought that, like, I mean, Vanessa Hudgens has a great voice, but I was really loving the way that Alexandra Jeez. Ship's voice, I was like, oh my gosh, she yeah. is like a powerful, like, excellent yeah. voice. I would have to give it to Vanessa Hudgens. I didn't even know she could sing that well, because, I mean, I watch High School Musical. I was all about it, and I was like, oh yeah, her voice is nice. But I, I don't know, I was like, I'm not blown away, but I was just like, oh yeah, her voice is cute, it's nice. Really breaking. And Whitney has never seen it, y'all. Y'all, can we have an audible gasp? <gasps> she has never seen High School Musical, but it's okay. I want to say that when it was like on there, like I didn't have, we didn't have Disney Channel at that oh, point when it was on. Really? But now that it's on like Disney Plus, I have something somewhere that I could actually watch it. Oh. And I wasn't about to pay extra for Disney. So you never watched like the Disney Channel movies and all that. I stuff did when we had Disney Channel, but then oh. like at a certain point, like my parents like changed the pack because there was a certain point where Disney Channel was like free for a while. Mm. And then they had it for paint because that was when I watched Gargoyles. And then they took it away. And I was like, Mommy, Patty, can you use it? Of course, they're not going to upgrade so you can watch Gargoyles. I know. Oh, my God. I love that show. I, know, I love right? the Gargoyles. It's yeah. so good. But, yeah, Vanessa, I have to give it to her. She really, she did her thing. I can now see the, like, the stage chops. She has that whole, like, I do Broadway, like, physicality as well. And, and I, the singing. I was I impressed was, with her. I would say it more so for Alexandra Shipp. Because, like, for that particular song, 
But it's like the but only song, song that was the only one to me. But I was that like, was Vanessa was singing throughout the whole thing. Okay, yeah, she was singing I had throughout. To give the, it to her. But I feel so like the um, the Come to Your Senses song, the one that he was struggling to write the entire time. I felt like it was a song that was worth waiting the entire movie mm. for. I was like, this song was worth getting to. It this was. Point. It was a very powerful song. Very yes, powerful moment. It was. Um, and it was cross cutting between her singing because it was like it was Vanessa singing. They did a duet, but it was really like he was singing to Susan, and it was like Susan was singing to him. No, he wasn't singing at all. It was really like Susan was supposed to be that character, but mm-hmm. it was like the character in Suburbia mm-hmm. was Superbia. Superbia, I think? is that the name of it? The 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 musical he was writing inside mm-hmm. the musical, <laughs> that one. It was a song there. So Vanessa was singing it during his display, but then it was also Susan cut in real life was also singing it mm-hmm. like on another whole scene in another little area. So yeah. it was like, they kept cross cutting it and I was just like, wow, it was just powerful. Yeah. I that really, part worked. I really like the choices that Lin-Manuel made in this he movie. He did a great he, job, he honestly. He did do a great job. And in this regard, I guess because the original um, play. I'm. I'm not sure if the original play had to do with this whole like play within a play thing, or was it just the the solo shows that Jonathan Larson did back when he was doing that? That's what he did because he didn't have money. Mm. He wanted to continue doing that, and he was like working in the diner mm-hmm. and like doing these one man shows mm. just to get his name out there. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. That part I wasn't clear on. I want. I wish I could, I could figure that out. But well, this is. I mean, I've got to let me see. Let me look at my note here. I think that this is probably more or less, I mean, because it is an adaptation because it said it does show that this is like, I mean, the screen, the screenplay is, um, or sorry, it's based on the musical by Jonathan Larson. The Mm. screenplay is somebody else. It's, um, to be, oh, it's interesting. The other one that we're going to talk about also did the screenplay. Hmm. Interesting connection. It is, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, so what do you rate, um, tick tick boom honestly i gave it a 10 glass i gave it 10 glasses because okay. i just i loved it i teared up at the end like i did in rent and i was like ah, mm-hmm. so the music is so powerful i love me a good power some good powerful songs i give it eight glasses and a monocle hmm. 8.5 okay. yeah because i did have some issues with it so like i explained already but um it wasn't like a 10 to me but i really really like again again i would probably give if we did rating for individuals like but we don't (laughs) i would have given i give andrew garfield like i want to give him like 20 glasses honestly because (laughs) he just acted the mess out of of that thing like he really did he was the star of this whole thing i know he was the mainly but he really like he really sold it. And I was just so invested in him and his character. And I really just some other things with the movie. I know we're kind of wrapping like, up this part of it, but I really appreciate the growth mm, of his character because mm, you saw how he was so so focused on the musical mm-hmm. that like his, his relationship went to the side. Yep. His best his relationship with his best friend went to the side. Yep. His friend who like had AIDS was in the hospital. He hadn't he like seen him see and him. stuff. Yeah. But then so you see at the end it. that he's like focused on people now yeah yeah and i think that really reflects in like rent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can really see mm-hmm. because i i and honestly with the story it's like you can totally like not even sympathize i mean you can totally relate to jonathan larson's struggle like you have a dream you're here in the big city 
it's hard and it's difficult, but you're pressing through and you're not giving up, even though people are closing the door in your face. They're telling you you're good, but they're like, not this one. And it's so disheartening, but he like, he just pursued and was persistent. And I, I still like that he didn't give up, you know? And, and was, I wanted like, him to, I wanted it to go well, but you know, yeah, and it, it was just so, a struggle. I love that part of the, I mean, I don't know if love is the right word, but I found it so like a powerful lesson. Mm-hmm. Like when he did Superbia and he calls his, his agent calls him back and she's, he's like, so how did it go? She's like, oh, I got nothing but like glowing reviews about it. And he was like, so did we get any investors? And she's like, no, he was like, well, what am I supposed to do? She said, write the next one. Yeah. Cause like. It can be great and just not hit off, but all you can do is just keep going. Yep. And I, I love that. Yep. It's like you can put out excellent work and it just not be the right time, just not mm-hmm. take off. But all you can do, you can, you can't keep focusing on that one. You got to make mm-hmm. the next one. And I, I love that. The next story. Yep. Yep. So that's a great lesson from that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you could, I think because it was so fast paced, the tick, tick, the clock thing, mm-hmm. you really, really, really see that theme going through. Even with some of the songs, it was so fast. It was mm-hmm. path paced. The, the cutting, the, like I said, there was a lot of cross cutting. Mm-hmm. There was so much like about time and you could feel like he was feeling that he was out of time or like that he was going Which close also... to 30 and he was getting, it was time was like losing. And that's another connection him, that you know? I thought about when I was watching it. And about the fact of why, probably another reason why Lin-Manuel Miranda is such a great director for this movie. Because mm. you think about, like, Hamilton, mm-hmm. who's like, why do you write like you're running, running out, out of time? time? Yeah. And it's like, he was doing the same thing. He was creating like he was running out of time, which he actually was, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to him, with, yeah, like, I think it was Marfan issue. syndrome or yeah, something. But, yeah. like... He didn't even know. Didn't know. Yeah. But, like, it, he was running out of time, but he was just creating. And it was just mm-hmm. so interesting that connection from like yeah. the hamilton why do you write like you're running out of time and it's then... just like a tragedy like another artist like it's like van gogh all over again where he didn't realize how talented he was he was so prolific he, i he, feel he like kept, i feel he like he does painting. did realize how talented he, well sorry jonathan larson realized how talented who he was he just didn't get to he didn't get the validation he, that other yeah, people exactly. appreciated his art exactly and that's what i mean like they both were talented. Like they both were. I but feel like they I did don't, not really I, like. Now, well, granted, I don't know enough enough about Van Gogh, but Van I don't Gogh, know yeah. if he. I don't know if he felt in himself that he was as talented as this. I, yeah. I feel he like wasn't. based on Chick Tick Boom, that Jonathan Larson felt that yes, I am this talented. I just need my break. Yeah, Van Gogh. I don't know. You know Based no, on the Doctor right. Who doesn't. episode, he did. I would say he didn't. He didn't, and but also he had a mental illness that messed him up as well. Mm-hmm. But you're right, he did not, even though he was very talented. Mm-hmm. But he kept going too. That's another thing I saw. He kept making, he kept producing, he kept mm-hmm. painting. It like you said, he was very prolific. He just kept producing, you know. And let that be a lesson to everyone who's a creator, you guys. You never know what the thing mm-hmm. is that's going to take off. So mm-hmm. the only thing you can do is up. keep going, be yeah. prolific, because some a uh, creator that I am really, I really um, appreciate his writings and things. His name is Seth Godin. People mm, and he, Godin. a lot of people like really are into his, his stuff. stuff. And yeah. he's like, there's no such thing as writer's block. There's like not writing good stories, but you have to write the bad stuff to get to the good stuff. Mm. So he's like, you got to keep putting the stuff out because the people who create great stuff, he's like, they're not just like born. We working <laughs> this one thing over and over again. They just keep putting out stuff, but they put out so much stuff that either they get better 
or they hit on something and they that get works. better. Yeah. Yeah. But um, ultimately, I would definitely say give Tick, Tick, Boom a watch. Mm. Um, I think they did very some interesting things with adaptation. Um, and so if you're someone who doesn't like musicals, you might feel like this one is all over the place <laughs> and you're like, I don't get this as a film. But I think the storyline that's in there, it's mm-hmm. very clear so that you're not you're not going to be like confused. You might be drawn out like me. I was some parts that I thought I was like pulled out because it was like they were doing some artistic things. Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately this is worth a watch and that it was really good. Again, I gave it 8.5, eight glasses and a monocle. And 10 glasses for me. All right. We'll, we'll figure out what the average <laughs> We'll figure out the average later. <laughs> All right. So let's move to our second one, which is definitely a more polarizing um, watch. Watch. For uh, most people. Yes. Dear Evan Hansen. Go ahead. Tell him about it, Whitney. Uh, I, I loved the stage production of Dear Evan Hansen. I actually saw it on Broadway. I didn't see it, the original cast with like Ben Platt, but I saw it and it's just another reason why I love musicals so much stage so much because the creative decisions they have to make mm. about like stage production and how to convey something when you have like, it's you so can't creative. do, you can't use like special effects and stuff. Mm. And it was just uh, the creative decisions for the stage play were just awesome. I, I missed that in the movie, but at the same time, I didn't because it is an adaptation. Mm-hmm. You have to change things when you're adapting something. Mm-hmm. It can't be the exact same unless you're doing a filming of mm-hmm. the stage show. Yeah. But like the storyline is just something I think really is needed. And mm-hmm. the song, oh my God, that song is such a theme song for me. I mean, I didn't have like those particular that particular issue, but I feel like it's something that everyone needs to hear, which is the song, um, You Will Be Found. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing about anthem. feeling alone and those for people, especially those who end up co- trying to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. They get to the point where they feel so alone that they don't have any help. Honestly, the mental health issue was like it was such. I feel like Evan Dear Han- Evan Hansen the musical is so good for this time when everyone so much increase in suffering and in mental illness. <clears throat> um, and I like that also. What's happening at, uh, concurrently is more acceptance of like these acknowledging these issues Mm -hmm. and then getting help. Like Mm -hmm. even now you have it so casual where people like there's, there's like pop songs where people are like, that's what my therapist says. Like they talk about it and they rap about it and it's like, okay, you know? And so I just really like that Evan, dear Evan Hansen addressed this issue. Um, and another thing that, uh, I wanted to mention about adaptation was that, when it comes to adaptation, you really have to go with the medium that you're trying to adapt it for. So lots of times when you see um, books going into movies, a lot of people are like, oh, the book was better. Oh, this was better. Yeah, the original thing you saw it in or you met it in is, is going to be maybe better because it's just different. And some other people like it the other way around. But it's like... You can't have a 40-hour movie, you know, because if you really try to film everything that's in a book, you're going to get a super long movie. But they've got to cut some things out. They've got to make it. They've got to condense it and grab the the crux, the essentials of what's in that story and display for you for this medium. And so with Dear Evan Hansen, some songs were cut and things were done different ways. But I felt like it was good because it worked 
for the medium it was going to. So certain things were more impactful as a scene instead of a song because you're visually looking at it and not looking at it on the stage, you know? And so I think it's important that um, we have to think about those things when we're like considering this was bad. This was not, this was bad. Um, So dear Evan Hansen has a lot of like uh, strong opinions. People were either really, really hate it or they really, really liked it. And the music is always good. I have to admit the music is Ben Plath has a, Beautiful, wonderful voice. Now, if we want to get into what people really had a problem with, it was definitely that Ben Platt is not a 17-year-old kid, and he doesn't look as young as he did when he did the stage performance. And so, not going to lie, this is where I could see a lot of the criticism oh, I agree yeah. with. He just looked a lot older he than like he was supposed to year dude he playing like a-, <laughs> a high school student. Go ahead and say something, Whitney. It is. And, like... I got to say, I didn't think that I was going to enjoy the movie that much because I heard so much so about much it bad not being stuff. great. But then I watched it. I'm like, wait a minute. I, this is really yes. good, actually, yes. I think. I'm sorry. I had and to. And I've seen the actual stage production. I was like, this is good. Yeah. The only thing I will have to agree with, like, the 30-year-old dude. Like, I was like, they tried too hard. Like, yeah. the curly hair thing. And I don't know if it was the makeup as well. I got, it didn't like completely mess up the whole thing for me, Mm -hmm. but there were points throughout the movie Mm -hmm. where I was almost kind of taken out of it Mm -hmm. because there were like certain moments and he just looked, some moments he looked fine. And then some moments it was like, this is a 30 year old dude. And it was kind of weird. The moments where it popped up for me and it kind of like kicked me out of the story at certain Mm -hmm. points. It didn't like completely ruin it, but it just was, it was jarring for Mm -hmm. me at certain points. Okay. Um, so for me, I had, uh, well, I did have the initial jarring because you saw it and you're like, Oh, this doesn't really work. (laughs) However, I was able to quickly get over that and Mm -hmm. ignore it because I was so interested in the story. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for me, I didn't even notice it after, after like, once the movie just got going, mm-hmm. I was just so interested because the, the, the storyline for this is so awkward. Like what happened with the character and how, you know, he pretended to be someone's friend and then the kid killed himself. You're I just would like, say it not was the storyline. I would say the situation, the plot, the plot of the story was so like awkward to me. I was just like, Oh my God, this is going to be bad. I just was bracing myself for the was, fallout yeah it's like this, like, cannot, this is not this is gonna, not gonna and he just kept yeah. lying and he kept going with it and it was like oh my god this is not gonna end well and but that was fine with me i was okay with it because this was the plot you know mm-hmm. but it was just like the situation is just like so like oh don't do this and then you're like oh he's continuing he's keeping lying he's con-. so that part was engaging to me but i enjoyed the story like i enjoyed the songs i enjoyed the film honestly it was I'm not going to lie. I personally actually enjoyed this film more than I enjoyed Tick, Tick, Boom. Hmm, I have to say that. I did. I en- I really liked this film, honestly. I really liked Dear Evan Hansen as well. Because they, I like the story like, they and I like really the songs. Great job. And there were three songs that they took out. They took um, Does Anybody Have a Map, which was the very, very first song of the stage production. Mm-hmm. I played both of all of the three songs that they took out. Yeah. That one, yeah, it Good made sense. You. It made sense to take that one out. It made sense. Uh, what was the other one? Disappear was also a good one. I could see where it you don't need fit. to. Yeah, that you, was the problem. Yeah, that it one wasn't going wasn't to fit in. Um, you will be found was good, you know, on its own. You didn't need for a movie adapt adaptation to put that in. But the one that I 
kind of felt like they could have put in there and it not have been like disruptive was good for you. I well, sorry, with the exception. That, okay, never mind. Let me take that back. I think from the mother standpoint of view, Good For You would have been a great song to have on there. But since Good For You is not just Evan Hansen's mother, it's also his friend mm-hmm. and also um, Alana. Alana. The Alana thing, maybe I could see, but his friend, I feel like, wasn't as prominent yeah. in the movie as he was in the um, in the stage show. So mm-hmm. him, So him having the kind of Good For You, like... You just kind of threw he me kinda, away. They presented it where Jared, who was the family friend, mm-hmm. I didn't even realize his name was Jared until later on, <laughs> that he wasn't like that tight with Evan. So it yeah. just made it seem like, why would you be singing? Why and, would I mean, care that much? The same was actually true in the stage production. He was like, yeah, we're, we're just family friends. But it seemed like as they got into, because he knew that he, he was they the only ag- one that knew the truth. Exactly. Yeah. And it seemed like when he got into it, he was all into like, oh, let's make this into a business and make yeah, some money out. And crazy. then the stage production, that was like more pronounced. So he was like, oh, let's do this together. And it's like, almost like he got, felt like he was getting closer to Evan mm-hmm. because of it. But then when Evan was like having his relationship with Zoe, he felt like he just kind of got cast to the side. Yeah. But in the movie, you didn't really get that because it was just kind of like, yeah, do you do, you do, you do. And I disagree with you. I believe I heard the song because I was I wasn't aware of any of it until I watched mm-hmm. because everyone was like, this was like a super, like critically acclaimed Tony award winning mm-hmm. um, uh, musical that everyone's talking about. And I really wanted to watch it. And mm-hmm. then Whitney, of course, she just listened to the music one time and was like. I got to go watch this. And then she went with her and went with her family to go Mm -hmm. watch it. And she talked about how great it was. So I was like, I want to see this. And I was so happy that they did a movie version because it was like, I can't get to the theater. So it's the movies are just more accessible. Yes. And so that's why I understand adapting them. But then you got to look at what I said earlier. It's like the medium of film is different from, from stage, you Mm -hmm. know, you can't do certain things. And that is why I felt that that song, even though that song is great, Mm -hmm. the scene where it's supposed to come in, that scene where the mom is getting angry about, I felt like it was more impactful as just a talking scene, the way they did it Mm. where you hear the mom is like so angry about the lies and that he feels like he's with this family, the other family, Connor's family Mm -hmm. and that she's feeling shafted. And it's like, wow, you found that the grass is greener on the other side, which is a line from the song. Mm-hmm. I felt like the way they did it in the film works for the film. I do. Julianne Moore is a great actress, and she did she conveyed it I very well like the without the song. Would, would not I, fit. Like I just felt like a song would disrupt the emotional tension, and I I don't know why. Like to me, I liked the way they did it. I saw I did it. I did like the way they did mm-hmm. it. It's just that out of the three songs they cut, this was the one I was most disappointed about because I it's like such a, a good I like song. I wish they could have fit it in, but I know that it was probably for time. Mm. that they'd cut it out but i like the disappear song i feel like they could have made room for that is also a good one the glove song i felt like they didn't need to do it because the way they did it as a scene talking between connor's dad and um evan just worked it did it worked and plus uh, they also another change they made is that they made um Connor's dad they made him his stepdad in the oh, movie. Not his real and, dad. It, and they ne- there was not really any mention of him being a stepdad. It seemed like he was actually his um his dad in the play? biological Interesting. dad. I wonder why they did that. I don't know. I felt like it was it was something that was made for an interesting dynamic in the movie, and I actually mm. liked that change. That mm. was one change I liked. The other change Maybe I actually helped explain why he was so that way. You know, that his real dad wasn't alive. 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. add a, a, but like I, a layer. But I don't it, know. I'm just, any, I'm just grasping. In any case, it, it worked. I thought that it was a, it was additive. It mm. added to the story. Mm. I think. Mm. Another thing that I in that I did appreciate change wise was them um, adding a song. They mm. added a song for Alana. I can't remember what the song name was, but mm-hmm. but it had an awesome quote in there about. Um, just because you carry you carry something doesn't mean it's not heavy, mm-hmm. you know. Just because we carry it well doesn't, doesn't mean it's, it's not, not heavy. heavy. Oh my god, it that was really line good. was so like that was a I great felt line. that one. That was a I great felt that line. one. Amanda Stanberg, she did her thing. I didn't yeah. know she could sing, but no, that's no, that's not true. I didn't know she could sing. You did? But she, yeah, she has she had like music videos and stuff in the past. Oh, okay. And she plays the violin. Oh, yeah. So I forgot she is very musical. And I love that. I just haven't heard much of her music. <laughs> I love how they, because like in the stage production, this was not what they did. She didn't have as um, involved of a role in the stage production Mm -hmm. um, as in the movie. And I like that they expanded her her role. And the reason I liked it is because she wasn't exactly, yeah, actually, I guess you could say she was almost a foil to Mm. Evan Hansen. Mm. Because they both were like, apparently like clinically depressed. Mm Mm-hmm. But and, they and were anxiety different. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I don't know if it was depression, was like anxiety, super, or both. He was like the an invisible one that was just crippling. His anxiety was so crippling that he just kind of like disappeared. He just was like he didn't want. It's almost like he almost wanted to will himself mm-hmm. away. And she but took she the was, opposite. Yeah, she took the. She, she made sure she was so present, so in so the spotlight that no one would see the other. What stuff. she was up like, how she really was. It's like yeah. she kept herself busy, and I was mad at her too because it was like her busybodiness made her do something that he had told her, don't show this, don't show the suicide note to anybody, mm. which was really his letter that he wrote mm-hmm. to himself that got confused and started the whole story. Mm-hmm. Uh, y'all just go watch it, okay? Yeah. Um, but it was, it was, it was, I felt that it added to the story to mm-hmm. have her just be like, this is not, this is not the only way that depression presents. Cause it, mm. and in fact, we've got three different representations. Cause you've yeah. got Connor yeah, who actually took his life took his life, and, and he was like this kind more of angry, angry yeah. kid. You've got Evan who like, likes to just disappear into the mm. background. And then you've got Alana who is like class president is mm-hmm. always overachieving perfectionist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love it because I love the message of the movie overall about like, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You will be found. Yeah. But I also like that they show three different presentations of it. It's like, this is depression doesn't look just one way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I like that too. The message. And I don't, I remember someone's critique was that they felt it was irresponsible with the subject matter. And I don't know what? why. Yeah. One of the videos I saw, she felt like they handled the subject matter irresponsibly, and I don't really know why she said that. She didn't expand. I didn't finish watching the video because I just didn't agree with what she was saying. I was like, I had to to turn it off because I was like, nope, don't even get into this because I was like, nothing in there. Only his behavior was irresponsible. Again, he's a 17 year old kid with all these issues. And, you know, they don't always know the right, right decisions to make. So it's like we're it's seeing like, him grappling on, with these decisions. You see all these other teen movies and you're yeah, like, this is stupid-ish. Exactly. they just going to be like, teenagers doing and stuff. You, I guess we just forget as adults. And it's yeah. like, was I ever that stupid? Yeah, I guess I was, but I don't remember being that stupid. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, why are you being such an idiot? It's like, these are teenagers. We saw an absolutely scathing review of someone who was like a 
gave this like a two. <laughs> like he would have given it two glasses, it's, and that's it's it. It's very entertaining, though. We'll put it in the show notes just because yeah, just I didn't funny. agree with all his points, but they were very entertaining, mm. and I could appreciate why he said them, even if I didn't agree. <laughs> but it was it's a very entertaining. Yeah, so a lot of people didn't like this at all. I got such bad reviews, honestly. Well, the second video that you sent me that we watched, which we'll also put in the show notes, this person was like, it's essentially got almost like a 50-50. Either people mm. loved it or they hated it. Yeah. Which I can see. Yeah. I can see. Yeah. And it's like, you have to just take it as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, To me, I was even thinking like, oh, I'm going to hate this too. But as it was going on, I was like in, I was in it. I was watching this. I was like, oh my God, what's happening I was totally engaged. I was kind of and tense to the entire time because yes, I was too. waiting for whatever people thought made it so bad. And I was like, okay, people, I just disagree. This is, well, which has happened with me a lot with like critic reviews. Yeah. Where they were like, oh, this is horrible. And I was like, this was a great movie. What are they talking about? Exactly. And this I was still, another case of that. To be honest with you, I, I think I liked Green, I liked Green Lantern. I don't know why people. I didn't just like Green Lantern. I mean, I it, know, it doesn't I didn't stick get it. in my head as like an as I'm awesome. I'm gonna watch movie. it again, but I don't know. To me, I remember watching it and liking the film, mm. and I don't know why it always gets the bad. Rub. I will say that the CG was probably not That's probably the best. Why the CG like, wasn't the, the best? Putting his head on period. like the the body, and it's obvious kind of. That's probably what it was. The proportions are kind of a little odd, where it's not. But I thought quite the story right. was good. anyway. But I'm just saying that was <laughs> that that movie is always dragged, and even Ryan Reynolds always he, does. he like makes fun of himself about that in film. De- I'm like, oh my god, I liked it in Deadpool when he's like, yeah, don't put me in CJ. <laughs> anyway, okay, back to Evan Hansen, and so also the bright star was the young lady that played Zoe. Oh my god! So Ben Platt's be uh, acting. I'm sorry, it was on point. I felt like I bought, even though he didn't look like it as much, but I bought that he was a 17-year-old kid. He's a good actor. He's just not a 17-year-old. Yeah, the makeup and and hair they didn't do as well. They should have tried a different route. I feel like if they had just left him with the hair he usually has, kind of on the shorter side, it probably would have looked better. I feel like the curly thing was them crying so hard. You know? I was like, honestly, I kept thinking of Jonathan Larson (laughs) looking at him. I did, because even John had that weird, crazy hair, too. so weird. It's like, why did you make this choice? I have, like, never seen Ben Platt with his His hair. His hair was never that curly yeah, yeah. so i don't so know why it, it they just did that. It, it was like trying too hard and obviously yeah, trying too hard yeah but um i didn't know i was gonna deal with the subject matter dealt with um i just i mean the music was so good it was I but really i agree with you it. like um I didn't have any her problem. name is caitlin deaver Who's, who plays oh, zoe yeah, murphy yeah she was all if you guys have seen book smart she was the um she was the, the main girl right well, there were two main girls. Oh, um, it was both of them. I thought only one was the main and one was her friend. I think it was kind of both. Okay. But she was the one who was, I don't know if she was a lesbian or if she was just into a particular girl. But anyway, um, the queer friend in Booksmart, she's her. And she was and gave an amazing performance in Dear well. She does. She does. She does. She's not like top, top for mm-hmm. me and like, you know, Broadway singing yeah, voices. Not. But she did a great, she gave a fan, phenomenal. That Requiem song, I was like, I yeah, bought it from her. Her emoting and stuff, to be mm-hmm. honest, I would put her performance even over Platt, Ben Platt's, wow. to be honest. Wow. Okay. I mean, Platt had a larger part, but I felt for like the parts that she was in, she, she just She did a good really... job, and I was like, yeah, she's a teenage girl. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, with all these issues and I mean, that's not suffering. the reason that I came her Oh, okay. But it's just like, I felt like when she was on camera, you were just captivated. It, it almost, you know how like in Dawn of Justice, like 
it was about Batman and Superman, but you didn't really care about them. It's like only when <laughs> I didn't, I didn't it, it wasn't it wasn't to this point in Dear Evan Hansen. It's just like, but when she was on screen, she was just really she lit captivating. Up the yeah. Yes. I mean, I I'm sorry. I actually wanted to show this to my sister and my family. I was like, let's watch. I I literally wanted to watch. I could watch it again. That's how much I liked it. Mm. And I mean. I could watch a lot the of the music. Again. Is on. But By the, the way, you guys, this is Patrick and so Paul, um, who also did The Greatest Showman and La La Land, but was not as much a fan of La La Land. Yeah. I thought that the music in La La Land was good, but Greatest Showman is like one of my favorite movies. I love it so much. That one is and good. they are just a supremely talented writing duo. They're I think like, they also did the music for um, WandaVision. It's I the don't guy know and girl, about that. right? No, two guys. Um, okay, never mind. Their name. I'm wrong. Uh, let me tell you, it's like Justin Paul and Binge Pasek. Okay, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. It's yeah, but they've they've done like episodes for other stuff. Like the Have you ever seen Smash? Yeah, I've heard of that. Show. So they mm-hmm. did some of the they did okay. some stuff in there. They, they've done stuff here and there, other stuff. But like the full like has far. I just knew there was another thing. writing duo that did like Moana. Yeah. And I feel like they are one. the modern Rodgers and Hammerstein. Oh, yeah. They're very good. I they have to are. Agree. They're excellent. I love them. Um, just to address some of the the wrongs, the people like some people felt like the other characters were like too flat and that they weren't, but they weren't like. And dynamic enough, but I was like, mm. you have to. There was a, this is an ensemble. Not everybody's gonna shine because it's not equal. Um, they're not the main characters. They're just they're I mean, secondary was this characters. An ensemble? Like it's an ensemble cast, but it's like not. They're not the main characters. You know what I mean? It's and like that, any uh, other. It's like I, like Harry an Potter. Ensemble cast. Anytime there's more than one person. No, like that's every movie almost. Yeah, like, they're all that's ensemble. What that's what I'm saying. But they're the way he was talking. The way the person was like acting as if those other people were supposed to have an equal part to the main character. And I'm like, but they're not the main characters. Yeah. It's, that's every movie's an ensemble not. cast, but it's like, you're trying to equate that they should be on the same level as Ben Platt. And I'm like, no, cause they're not the main character. We're exactly. think, seeing everything through his eyes. Cause when you say ensemble, I think of a movie or TV series where most of the characters have equal time. I think of Grey's Anatomy no, as an like ensemble. That. I think ensembles everybody even in the cast. Meredith Grey is kind of like started off as a main character. I feel like they give equal time to pretty much the main people on there. So I consider that more of an ensemble because like the focus is between different characters. Whereas I would say something like I don't know, the like maybe Daredevil the series mm-hmm. is very much so focused on Matt Murdock. You get some good storylines, you know, secondary storylines and stuff, but he is the, the main, main character, character, so you're not going to be upset that... So, I mean, you might be upset because you're like, that's a really great secondary character. You should give them more. what ensemble means, it just means the people together, cast. But that's what I'm saying. You got a bunch of people in the cast, but at the same time, you're, like you said, this is really about this one person, this mm-hmm. one kid, and then all the other tertiary and secondary characters. Mm-hmm. So it's like, for me, it's like I Power didn't really Rangers agree. It's ensemble. You can't say that one particular Power okay, Ranger was I understand. Okay, so you have a whole group of people. They're all in the cast, but the way he was trying to make it seem like it's like, this should have been an ensemble piece, and I'm like, it, but it's not about all of them. Mm-hmm. They're like 
impacting secondary their character. secondary tertiary characters. And I'm like, you're trying to say they should have equal. He was like complaining because he's like, this is the Ben Platt show. This is, that's what it was. And I was like not agreeing with him about that. And I was like, no, you're yeah, missing I the point. Didn't agree. So either. that's what some people were saying that it was just like something just to prop up Ben Platt. And I just thought it was very kind of like harsh criticism. Personally, I just thought it was. I um, agree. I think it was it was harsh criticism because it's it like was. it's dear Evan Hansen. He is the, the main character. He is the main character. This is not an ensemble piece where, where all it's the meant other ones, to yeah. focus rather equally on different characters. He is the focus. Yeah, so for him, I didn't think the other people, I was like, they're not supposed to outshine him. Like, they're just supposed to support mm. the storyline. But I thought they acted very good. Like, Amy Adams, I thought she did good. Mm-hmm. I thought even Julianne Moore did good. Mm-hmm. Even though she's not, like, known for her singing. That one song she had, she did a pretty good, good job. But that also made me wonder if that, I mean, well, no, you brought up very good points on why they they didn't put good for you in there and i and i think i had something of my own as why maybe it didn't it worked as better the way they did it for a movie Mm. but i also wonder if maybe that just wasn't in her vocal range probably because it's got kind of a rock at least for the mother's part of it it's got this kind of rock well the entire song but it's got like a very kind of what do you call it like this almost pink-like rock mm. tinge to it. So, What I would say to round this out is, um, overall, I really enjoyed the film. I would watch it again, actually. Yes, the look of him is not the best part. That That's a failing on the like, costuming and makeup design team. They just did not make it look right. However, if you can get past that and just see the story and experience the characters, you will find that this film is really like a nice coming-of-age story film, like up there with all these new films that are going on. One of the things I mentioned to you when we were watching was that I just love that this is available now. Because I remember when we were in school, talking about this stuff is like you only really... Like Nobody you have to listen to emo music. That's basically it. Like you, or depression. That's the only time you like. Okay, I'm listening to like Lincoln Park and Papa Roach and those kind of songs, and that's it. Like that's the only way you could experience that kind of stuff and be emo. And yeah, no you, one talked. No about one talked about depression. This stuff. Really, it's like aren't they just sad? Yeah, basically, yeah. So we, it's like you, if you had these issues or emotions or anything, it's like there was no outlet for you to talk about this stuff. And you, you would you would feel alone because you're like, am mm-hmm. I the only one who feels yeah, like Yeah, and everyone was only focused on like the clicks and all that kind of stuff and being cool. That's what everyone was focusing on, even in those films that we used to watch in, during our age mm. group, during our age, during that time. This was more serious. This one is dealing with these issues, and I like that they're. T- um, I like that they are brave enough to showcase this. And I, I also really like the way. Um, another thing that I, I like the ending. Yes. Which was also the, the ending, ending was great. The ending for um the stage production also kind of, it didn't go as in depth as kind of the movie did like showing him in the cafeteria and by himself mm-hmm. again because you know people before he told the truth were like wave at him and like hey mm-hmm. stuff like that and he was back on his own. He was by himself, but he had grown mm-hmm. in a way that now mm-hmm. he wasn't like considering like suicide or anything Mm. like that he had grown as a person because he had done some 
I mean, the first thing that he did, he you could see why it happened. It was an accident. Mm-hmm. But then some other stuff, you're like, dude. He just went along dude, with it for his own. That was not yeah. cool. You could have done something different then. So yeah. there was some shady stuff that he did. Yeah, he got a comeuppance at the end. And like, he wasn't he shying away from it. And he it, took, yeah. He, so I thought it was responsible. He did. He like, took responsibility. Mm-hmm. So I and felt I, that they were responsible. I liked, I liked showing that he, you know, took responsibility. And he didn't and he accepted he didn't, the fallout. He didn't fall apart. Yes. I love that he didn't fall Whereas apart. Whereas before, the like at the beginning where you see like when, when he broke his arm and the reason for all mm-hmm. of that in his attempt. Before this developed, like his growth as a person um, and I guess just strengthening, he might have fallen mm-hmm. apart. Mm-hmm. But like then he did he, and he didn't fall apart. Mm-hmm. And I also like the fact that they added on this part because like in the stage production, they don't have the, they added another song to the movie, mm. which was Connor's song that he played on the guitar. Yeah. And that wasn't in the stage production, but it was nice. And it was a nice kind of like tying for the family. Yeah. Nice because kind of like tying Connor up had that this, note, you know, that they had that last thing of Connor's and they really they didn't. did. And it showed him like, they, they didn't know if he actually played the guitar. He's just like, yeah, he says he plays, but we never heard him, so we yeah, don't know. I like that. I like that he, he went through and actually got to know Connor because he was pretending to know Connor the mm-hmm. whole time, and he never knew him. They were never friends. And he did but it without any actually, expectation because exactly. he sent the packages with the with the DVD anonymously. No like he mm-hmm. didn't he didn't expect anything. He just wanted to do the right thing. Yeah, and I like that. And I, honestly, I felt like he had to go through this so that he could – see that there are people that because he was so paralyzed by his own thinking mm-hmm. of how people was like saw him he saw himself so badly that he exactly. could not see that other people could accept him like even in the beginning zoe was trying to introduce herself to him and he just like ran crumbled up. and ran <laughs> away naruto ran away <laughs> with his hands flailing behind his back in the cast and i was just like oh my god like she wanted to, she, this is the girl you like and she's actually trying to talk to you but you can't even accept that she's trying to talk to you so it's yeah. like he went through these things and he and got it's to so see interesting because like at the very him when they're at the orchard and she's like i wish that we had met at this moment uh, yeah because she's like it was nice. like even the song that she sung um what was the song their duet together um what if it's us only only, it's only us, us and only, yeah, yeah only us. but it's like she's like you don't have to give me reasons to like like you she's she like i already you for yeah you. exactly and it's like you we don't have to talk about my brother it's like we yeah. can talk about just like just be things. ourselves exactly and i loved it and i liked honestly even though i really was sad that they broke apart that mm-hmm. i mean you can't really go back once you learn the truth you're like wow you it's lied just, that's too much brother. drama it's too much i mean not drama trauma that's yeah. too much trauma too to much. really but i like that they did not have to tie it up so easily and like oh yeah we're gonna get them back together we're like no this they is realistic. A, like, this if you had gotten back together, that would have been kind of messed up. Uh, part yeah, for, yeah. Uh, well, at least on her part, it's like your family's had enough trauma. I feel like you don't need to go to this thing. Maybe you know, if in some years, I wouldn't have a problem with that. But that it was too soon. It, it was, was like this was a lot of damage and you did. I, just, do. I love the ending. Was so striking. Just him being. I know. I felt like he was going to be going to a good place. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I really enjoyed that ending. It really like brought it home to me that. I was like, man, kids need to watch this, like, see this, especially the ones who are struggling, who don't know, who have these issues, who and don't know how to talk like to people. And it wasn't, like, perfectly tied up. It's like, you still didn't see him with any, like, friend friends. Yeah. 
But there's hope but for the future. He for did him. have hope because someone actually liked him. He just messed it up with the stuff he did. Like mm-hmm. if he had not done all that stuff, he could have been with Zoe. Mm-hmm. She liked. She genuinely mm-hmm. liked him. Yeah. And then the stuff with Alana. They probably could have been friends, friends, yeah. But he but lied, again, and he, he lied made her lie by extension, yeah. Yeah, and it just like it fell apart. But if Although it was, she if did it, her bad too, let's not even from like Alana. Didn't I say don't post that? And then you what you do? You went and posted it. Yeah, that was a bitch ass move. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Alana, but, like, but he was okay. Yeah. He's like, I know I can build. I feel like he maybe he knew that he could build up the relationships that he was good enough just by himself. Yeah. I don't so, know if they did the the write in Dear Evan Hansen because at the end of the stage production, um, it's like Dear Evan Hansen, today is a good day because you're you and that's good enough. Yeah. So uh, since you're the only one that saw both, hmm. would you say this was a good adaptation? I would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You would say that. I would say. Yeah, and honestly, to go back to our whole theme of adaptation, really, again, you just gotta like. Certain things are going to translate and some things are are not. And then also it's up to the interpretation of the people who are involved in the project, mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah, you might have done something differently. You might have wanted something else. But, um, I mean, to me, with this particular one, I didn't see anything that didn't work. Mm. Um, only except for that, the, that one makeup thing. But when it came <laughs> to the actual story... Mm. The songs, everything, I was like, everything was flowing. It was just like a nice film. Mm-hmm. So I gave it nine glasses. That's what I'm going to give it. Mm. What about you? I was trying. I'm still, let me think, let me think. Let well, me think. I liked it more than you did, but that's okay. I mean, I liked it. It's just that I like Tick, Tick, Boom even more. Okay. Is the thing. Yeah. I me. like this more than Tick, Tick, Boom. Mm. I would give it eight glasses and a monocle. Hey, look at that. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Wait, what did you give Tick, Tick, Boom? Eight glasses and a monocle. So the, so, and you you gave this what? I gave nine because it's not a ten. No, okay, okay, <laughs> it's not a ten. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You gotta right have out. more than to be to be a ten to me. Okay, okay. You gotta be perfect. Like, <laughs> and that, 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 I'm sorry, I'm not gonna lie. Like uh, Ben Platt's makeup and hair was just a bad choice all around. It was, but everything else I felt was nice and done well, mm. and I didn't feel like. I know I didn't watch the stage production, but mm. I didn't feel like I was missing anything, mm. and. I liked that. Mm-hmm. I liked that, and that's what I'm. That's why I bumped it up for me. Again, with Tick Tick Boom, I just had those one little those jarring points to me. I did not. That didn't mesh well with me. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm still not sure whether or not the adaptation, the original. I guess because I wish I knew the whole format of the original thing it was adapted from. Mm-hmm. Then I would be more clear about this, uh, what he did. But I liked what Lin Manuel did. Mm-hmm. Still, I just liked Dear Evan Hansen's adaptation to film more mm-hmm. just a little bit more like 0. 0.5 more <laughs> all right so okay. any more final words about adaptation of these no, two films no, i think we're good i think we've talked a lot about this and i hope you guys go and look at it see for yourselves listen to some critics but at the same time y'all need to make decisions for yourself mm-hmm. watch stuff if you wanted to watch it if you're interested because you might not be interested in certain things mm-hmm. but if you wanted to watch it don't just it. let those critics like sway the you. Critics be putting down some really good stuff. Yes, the and they'd be pumping up some stuff that is really crappy. So, <laughs> think for yourselves, look for yourself, examine for yourselves, guys. All right, so that's all from us. That's it. All right, blur it out every day of the week, y'all. Oh, we're going. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Please subscribe to our show on whatever podcast listening app you use and share the show with other blurred and non-blurred family and friends. And if you like our episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. 
The intro and outro music is Twilight by Caption. You can find them on SoundCloud, the username Caption, spelled C-A-P-S-H-U-N. The show notes are by Bola Hansen, and the audio engineering is by Whitney Booker. And you can contact us by email at blurredtalkbw at gmail.com. And also, don't forget to get social, you guys. You can find us on our social media at Instagram and Twitter with our at handle being at blurredtalkbw. And we've got our individual things going on too, y'all. So you can find me, your blurred fashionista, on Instagram and Twitter at BolaStoryB. That's B with two E's like the insect. And I've got my own personal YouTube channel, just Bola Sade. That's B-O-L-A-S-H-A-D-E. D's and dog, E's and elephant. And this is Whitney. You can find me at my company, Luminavi Studios. The email address is wit at luminavi.com. That's W-H-I-T at L-U-M-E-N-A-V-I.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Luminavi Studios. 